Waffling Taylor's Light, the pocket-sized podcast that packs a gaming punch. In this saving of bite-sized banter with a side of gaming goodness, we catch up with Nomad from the Retro Wildlands Gaming Podcast about Resident Evil 4 Remake. Spoilers included. Take it away, guys. Hello and welcome to another episode of Waffling Taylor's Light. I should have had a tagline for this. I completely forgot to bring them up. It's all a bit ad hoc this morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of the week it is. My name is Squidge. How are you? I'm one of the co-hosts of Waffling Taylor's normal episodes. This is a more condensed episode. Um, I had to do a little bit of bribery to get our guest on. Because normally he's guarded by a very lovable vicious attack dog called Didi. So there was a lot of ear scratches, a lot of cheese, a lot of meat being thrown so I could grab him so he can get out of his expedition, current expedition in the uh, retro wildlands. It is Nomad. How are you, my friend? I'm doing really well, Squid. Really happy to be here. I am very impressed that you were able to get me out of the wildlands for a little bit. Getting by Didi is a task in and of itself, but you found the trigger, which is his stomach. So well done, my friend. Mm, yes, food, cheese, and ear scratches. It wasn't easy. <laughs> I, I lie, I kid, it was quite easy. This is kryptonite, well, it's cheese anyway. So, Nomad, my friend, apparently you've got a podcast. That's going pretty well. Do you want to tell the listeners about it? I would be happy to. So I have a podcast that I call The Retro Wildlands, where in said podcast, I explore the gaming wildlands where I replay a video game that I played when I was growing up, or I play a new-to-me video game, especially retro-related titles. In each episode, I'll review the game, but my show is a lot more than that. I'll take you, dear listener, into the game experience by combining music and sound effects from the game in such a way that if you've never played the game before, you'll know what I'm talking about when I'm done. Or if you have played the game before, you'll have a nice trip down Nostalgia Lane. And the Retro Wildlands is on all the major pods, Spotify, iTunes, Pocket Casts, all the podcasting platforms, so you can find us with ease if you want to join me on my expedition. Sweet. And uh, definitely giving DD scratches was the highlight of my day so far. I will say that. So bribery, never a good thing. Ear scratches, top notch. So awesome. Um, I have listened to and participated via comments on Twitter in your episodes. And um, yeah, it's definitely a good time. Definitely a good time. I, I do listen to them when I can. I think everyone should. Your chosen subject that you came to me with was Resident Evil 4 or Resident Evil 4 Remake. I think that's the subject of today, the differences between them. Because you've recently completed Resident Evil 4 Remake, I'm led to believe. Yes, I have. I, I waited a little too long, I think, to finally play it, but I finally have that one under my belt, and I will say it was an amazing experience, and I'm really excited to talk to you about it today. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. First question, a little bit of bias considering the game we're talking about, but favorite Resident Evil protagonist? That's a very good question. It's something that I've struggled with for a long time, and I think depending on my mood, I'm going to have different answers. But 
I have to give it to Leon. And it's not just because we're talking about the Resident Evil 4 remake or any of that right now. Oh, that covers but... me. That covers me. I thought it was a cheap <laughs> plug then for, for Leon. I'm so glad. <laughs> no, he, he's always been a fascinating character for me ever since the original Resident Evil 2. The the rookie cop that doesn't know what he's getting into, that just, he has a sense of, of justice and duty about him and he wants to do the right thing, but he can't seem to, he can't seem to save everyone around him. And as he grows throughout other Resident Evil titles, I like how how hardened he can kind of be, but at the same time, he still has this this edge of, of humor behind him, and he's, to me, one of the more relatable characters out of the series, and I, I like watching him grow, and I like interacting with him, and I like playing as him as well, so I, I, love, I love all the characters in the series, Chris and Jill and Claire, but Leon will always have the top spot for me. Yeah, it's, it's definitely as as the the years go by and the more games show up, you definitely get a sense of experience and just through his actions and how he speaks, he is way too old for this kind of. Oh you yeah, just get that feeling, you know. Absolutely, and that really manifests itself in in the Resident Evil Four remake oh, specifically. Yeah. And I, as a thirty eight year old man who have seen some things, fully appreciate his attitude in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm I'm not that far behind you, uh, so I can definitely say I'm I'm starting to get the uh, ang- angry man yells at cloud moments, you know, oh, by a lot oh, of things. Sure. So I can, yeah, um, I'm not a dirty old man yet. I'm looking forward to that. I haven't got the indoor and outdoor slippers for that yet. So you know, once I get them, I think I'm there, and I'm looking forward to that. June 2022, Resident Evil 4 remake is announced. Was you looking forward to it? Was the hype real? Was you feeling it? Oddly enough, in the very beginning, I was not feeling it. My first reaction was, how can they improve upon perfection? Resident Evil 4, Mm. released back on the GameCube way back then, to me at the time, was a perfect game. Perfect experience. It was fantastic. And these trends of remakes, while a lot of them were fantastic... It left me with a little trepidation, like, they're, they're going to butcher my classic here, and I don't want any of this. However, that was until I saw the very first trailer, or at least I think one of the first trailers, where they're showing Leon in the village with the new RE engine, and the chainsaw man comes at him, Dr. Salvador, and tries to bring that chainsaw down on Leon, and he puts his knife up, and he parries it. At that moment, I knew I wanted to see what this game was about. Capcom had done a great job with the Resident Evil 2 and arguably the Resident Evil 3 remake up to that point, so I felt like they were going to do something good. Topic. I, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I, I, I felt like they were maybe starting a hot streak here, and I kept myself as removed from this remake as I could when the footage was coming out and the demo came out. I completely ignored all of it. That one trailer, I decided I want to see what's going on, cautiously optimistic but then when it finally came out and it came with glowing reviews and i heard some of the improvements that they made i was sold but admittedly squidge in the beginning eh, i was a little skeptical (laughs) i think everyone was um again i i kind of interrupted sort of by saying hot topic when it comes to resident evil 3 i really enjoyed resident evil 3 there was things cut out of it and i can understand why people didn't quite like it um but resident evil 4 remake i'm kind of like you if there's a game i'm looking forward to i have no contact with it don't look at anything um i think it was a week before it was released 
or was it three days before it was released, um, I sat with a, a friend of mine. I downloaded the Chainsaw demo. Mm. The most fun I had <laughs> was getting to the village. And when, when you get into a Resident Evil, especially a Resident Evil 4-style game behind the camera, uh, behind the shoulder camera, you kind of you need to get used to the controls again. And I wasn't used to controls. I hadn't played Resident Evil 4 in ages. So I wasn't used to the current controls. So I was reloading at the wrong time. I was wandering around. Wasn't aware of myself. I had to pause the game because out of nowhere, someone hit Leon in the face with a shovel with a mighty bang. I mm. fell off my chair laughing. <laughs> just bang. I was I was gone. I just, no. I got, 15 minutes later for I stopped giggling, I thought, I'll finish this demo. I finished it a couple of times, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I just, for me, I don't know. I, I just, when I heard it, I thought, right, it, it's happening. There's an, there's another remake. I know Resident Evil 2, they did, they did good stuff with. My instant thought was, I wonder what they're going to take out. And it wasn't much, surprisingly. Yeah, that's what I was worried about as well. Especially talking about the RE3 remake, they left out some critical spots. Looking at you, clock tower area. But that was that was the biggest worry of, that I had as well. But I was very pleasantly surprised that not only was most everything there, it was expanded upon in ways that mm. I never thought would be possible. We didn't get the clock tower. We got some. We got some massive killer fish. But let's not go there. <laughs> so, so again, we're talking about the differences between uh, the original Resi Four and the remake. Considering. When Resident Evil 4 came out on the Cube in 2005, which is, by my calculations, about 18 years ago, Ooh, it, it can drive a car. In, in, yeah, in Britain, it's allowed to drink, you know? So, back then, Capcom caught lightning in the bottle. And I'm talking the Cube release here. I'm, I'm a bit biased. I prefer the Cube over PS2. So, the Cube release, right? They caught lightning in the bottle. They changed the game. They changed it all up. Then 18 years later, they did exactly the same thing, lightning in the ball. How, how do you think that happened? How, how do you think they seriously did that twice? Because Resi 2 was amazing. They added to that. I get nothing taken from that. They added to it. But, but Resi 4, it was lightning in the bottle twice. How is it possible? I think the key is, is you kind of alluded to it just there. They added to so really what it is is they they stuck with the formula that worked originally. There's there's remakes, there's reimaginings uh, all over the place nowadays. That that's video games, that's movies, whatever else mm. it may be. But what tends to work well, at least in my opinion, is when you stay fairly close to the source material be that story, gameplay, that kind of stuff, but you add to it, you enhance it, you don't completely overhaul it. And that's a big key proponent as to why the Resident Evil 4 remake did as well as it is doing right now, especially from my perspective as a huge fan of this game. The OG, I played it so much, I think I maxed out how much money you could collect in the game, and all my weapons just were upgraded. Me no, not just you. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that that game was was like I said, it's practically near perfect. So when they went and did the Resident Evil Four remake, 
they expanded upon what made that game great. So the gunplay is still present, but it's expanded upon. It's more fluid. It's 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 more weighty. They added a lot more quality of life improvements, but when it comes to the actual gameplay, it's it's what they continue to add. The knife parrying system is something I wanted to highlight. Probably my favorite addition to the entire remake because it takes what you already know, if you've played the original game before, let's say, and adds a new twist to the combat experience. And even if you haven't played the original before, it's a nice addition, something new and modernized. If you've got an enemy that's about to, to to lay down on you, and I'm not sure if you can parry a shovel per se, but if you've got an enemy that's about to, <laughs> to to hammer down on you, and if you're able to pull your knife out quick enough, Leon will parry that that attack. And if you do it just perfect enough, he'll parry them in such a way that he could follow up with a melee attack. And there is nothing more satisfying than hearing that shink and seeing the sparks fly when you successfully bat something away. Like, how many times have you been hit by an errant crossbow bolt just out of nowhere? If if you can time it just right, you can swat that thing away. It's so satisfying. But it adds a great layer to the whole gameplay experience if you can master it. You I'm previous- getting flashbacks to Resident Evil 5 achievement hunting, trying to slice uh, a crossbow ball out the air with a knife. The amount of time oh, it took me to get that. That's oh. a deep cut, uh, figuratively speaking, of course. <laughs> 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 I remember that one all too well. But but more so in the Resident Evil 4 remake, what what they did well here was the existing gameplay areas, they weren't just recreated, they were expanded upon. Great example, the lake where you're where you're in the boat and you're fighting Del Lago. That that lake originally was just there for the boss fight. You you encounter the creature and you're done, but afterwards you never see it again. In the remake, it's now fully explorable. You have to navigate it to get to different areas, and it adds a a, a breath to the whole experience. The castle area is expanded. It's mm. it, it offers a lot more, not just content, but it enriches the experience. But if I had to say one more thing to put a cherry on the top when it comes to why they how they caught lightning in a bottle, it's what they did with the characters this time around, and why I'm just Leon is to mention one person. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start with Leon specifically. They expanded upon his character in such a way that it made him a little bit more believable. Now, I love OG Resident Evil 4 Leon with his quips and his one-liners. Yep. They are a staple and and they should not be changed. They should be they should be respected and and worshipped. Yep. While some of that is still there in the remake, they made his backstory more believable. Um, he's 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 wounded mentally after surviving Raccoon City, and he's hung up on those people that he couldn't save, and that drives a lot of his actions and how he deals with a lot of things. And eventually, with some enemies that he comes across, he's tired of listening to him talk. He will just shoot them in the mm. face mid conversation, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, but but more so, maybe this is the person you're you're, you're thinking of, Ashley Graham. There we go. They they they. <laughs> They did such an incredible job with her as a character. In the original, and I don't know if you knew this, I found this out recently, and I don't know why it didn't click. In the original Resident Evil 4, the voice actress, I can't think of her name, is the same voice actress that voiced Sandy Cheeks in the SpongeBob show. Yes. 
Sorry, SpongeBob. He's got a fierce no singing policy. So, uh, thinking about it, then I, I have I had less and less. Uh, we'll, we'll call it respect for Ashley as a character in the original. <laughs> she, and that's and that's and that's not a knock against the voice actress, but just that's that squirrely voice, Leon, as she as she gets carried away. But it was her character was was so underdeveloped. And as a player, you felt so burdened just by taking care of her and making sure that she had a, a healthy supply of herbs if she took hits, that you had to manage her health. The only redeeming quality about her is that you could tell her to go hide in a dumpster anytime you found one. But yeah. there was no there was no character development. There was there was nothing. Leon and Ashley are in this harrowing situation and there's practically no character development. All of that changes in the remake. Ashley becomes someone that's believable. She's a little bit more self-sustaining and and actually builds a confidence as the game goes on. And Leon and Ashley's dynamic as they're interacting with each other in the remake is is very lighthearted at times, but it can also be very serious. And there's a weight to what it is that you're actually trying to do now. It's no longer a glorified escort mission. You actually care about this person. You want to get them home safe. All of that combined with what I just mentioned, that's how Capcom captured lightning in a bottle, and that's why everyone is gravitating towards this game. They improved upon it in practically every way. I mean, just the fact you don't have to heal her works for me. I mean, you've, you've got to pick her up when she gets knocked down. and she I was going to say, she does kind of get a little bit of character development in the original Resident Evil 4, which I refer to as the um, the, the comic book. It's kind, of, it's kind of like Marvel Universe, Resident Evil 4. That's how I see it. It's sort of like a comic book film. But you can't really call a suit of armor character development. So, uh, yeah, she didn't really get that much, to be honest. Um, yeah, she, she, had her, she had her moments where, where uh, uh, Luis in the shack would, would call out her uh, uh, presidentially equipped ballistics, as it were. But yeah. there were... Honestly, I would have liked to have seen more more of that the out the outburst that she had that flash of personality that kind of thing. But we never quite got that in the original. I, I would have loved to have seen just some uh, created. We'll, we'll we'll get back to it in a second. I would love to have seen some sort of like created, uh, fully animated and done up um, outtakes after all the credits, just after you get your your uh, ranking. You know, like kind of like Silent Hill during the credits where you have like made up outtakes I'd love to have seen some of that that would have been just weird you know Leon missing something one of them slipping you know they're, they're doing a scene and then a boom mic sticks down out of nowhere and then the director yells cut that would have been great um, that would have been the perfect way to end that game and and not not spoiling the ending especially on hardcore Absolutely. And, and certainly not spoiling the ending or anything like that. But after this experience, I actually felt very fulfilled. And I, I, I went outside to my porch and had a long think about my experience. It was that good. And, and I was processing it all. I would have loved uh, uh, just a random spit take at the end or something like that. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. After you finish the game, especially in hard difficulties, you go outside, you feel fulfilled, you crack open a beer in the sunshine. Hmm. Okay, here we go. Quick fire round. If you could bring any weapon from any franchise into Resident Evil 4 Remake or Classic as a form of DLC, what would it be? Right off the cuff, I think of the Buster Sword from Final Fantasy VII. Now hear me <laughs> out. 
This game has a great emphasis on melee combat and the parrying system, and I would love for Leon to be able to wield a two-handed sword of any type in this game to see what he could do with it. Um, but the more I thought about the Buster Sword, actually, as fun as that would be, semi-realistically, I would love to see the Lancer from the Gears of War series in this game. <laughs> Think about it. You're being chased by all manner of crazed villagers and you've got Dr. Salvador coming at you with a chainsaw. What kind of poetic justice would it be to chainsaw him at the end of your Gears of War style Lancer? It's not them chasing you, it's you chasing them at that point. Exactly. And, and, and they strike fear in you by revving that chainsaw. You can do the same and watch them cower in fear as you edge closer towards them with the intent to split them in twine. Something, something line from Phoenix. Okay, so second quick question. If Nomad could bring an area to Resident Evil 4 Classic or Remake, any area you like as an extra side area, what would it be and who would it be populated with? So follow me on a journey with this one. So we're going to talk the Resident Evil Remake specifically, and the area that I would want to add isn't technically an area within the game, but I would want to add a nightmare sequence where Leon is back in Raccoon City for a little bit. Maybe after the very first chapter where he's knocked out by the big cheese, his character development points him towards the, the path of he's still trying to reconcile what he couldn't do in Raccoon City, but he's come a long way since then. So I would love to see a nightmare sequence where he's back in Raccoon City, maybe some spots of the Resident Evil 2 remake, but he has his training and his skills. He can use the knife parry. He can uh, move around while he's shooting, all, all, all that sort of stuff. But he's taking on zombies from the Resident Evil 2 remake, so those enemy types would be present. But he's in specific scenarios where he's trying to save the people that he couldn't save. So you're going back to the original Resident Evil 2 and you're reliving those moments, but no matter what you do, you can't save the people that you're trying to save. Leon eventually gets overwhelmed and he pops out of the nightmare and you're back in the Resident Evil 4 remake, as it were. I think that'd be great for character development. You could shoot some actual zombies and I think it would be something that players would not see coming. Kind of like the, um, the little Easter egg in uh, Wolfenstein. The, is it New Colossus? Where you yeah, go to sleep in the in in the the the, um, the Allied base, and you wake up and you got all your normal stuff, but it's like Wolfenstein 3D from back in the day. Yeah, I, I yeah. Can see there, that. There's that one, and I think there's even a weird dream sequence in Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, where Snake falls asleep. I think you have to meet certain conditions for this to work, but he's he's captured. He's in his prison cell. He goes to sleep, and you're playing a third-person hack and slash game that makes no sense. And then eventually he wakes up out of the nightmare and you proceed as normal. But you never saw it was coming, but you had a blast while you were doing it. Yeah, I don't think I ever got that one. I think I'll have to try and go back and get that before Delta comes out, whenever the hell that is. Okay, so third and final quickfire question. Dance-off time. Okay, so your characters that have to have a dance-off are as follows. Ada from Resident Evil 4 Classic and Louise from the remake. Okay. So in this dance-off, who would win, and what would the winning move be called? Now, while you would think Luis might be the obvious choice for a winner, given his natural charms and how he presents himself as a confident person, he strikes me as the type that would have two left feet when it actually came time to dance. 
he, he, he's got the presentation, the outward flair, but when push comes to shove, I think he'd be like me. And, uh, yeah, he's probably more of a wall fly than anything else. So, Ada from the Resident Evil 4 Classic would be the clear winner in my eyes. She's already dressed for the occasion with her long, beautiful red dress. She's very nimble, doing all manner of backflips and rolls and other acrobatics. And she has an ace-in-the-hole dance move, which I like to call the grapple gun grapevine. Because grapevine <laughs> is an actual dance move, and it all rhymes. <laughs> so in, in researching dance moves, the grapevine is kind of a side-to-side movement that seems to kind of fit Ada. Because side-to-side makes me think of Shifty, which she is. Eh? I've, I've just got this image of Ada dancing in the middle of the village just going from side to side and out of nowhere the grapple gun goes out and she starts flinging people left right and centre while looking stylish and dancing and stuff she could totally totally pull it off <laughs> if anyone can Ada can I suppose bit of a generic one but I have to ask out of all of the reincarnations and reimaginings of all the bosses because a lot of them are slightly different while remaining the same if that makes any sense which was your favorite and which which was your favorite boss and which was your least favorite to fight so I'll, i'll start with my least favorite to fight because i've got a huge bone to pick with this particular antagonist so i did not have hardly any fun when i had to refight salazar after fighting him in the original versus the remake. So in the in the original, he is attached to the wall. He's immobile. He's no less dangerous, and you have to maneuver around him and his tentacles and, and, and find ways to do damage while still looking for the weak spot. Mm. However, in the remake, they completely redid him in such a way that the idea behind him is still the same. There's the weak spot in the center. He's been absorbed into this big mass and you have to, you can do the most damage to him if you actually shoot him in the middle of this mass, Mm. but he is no longer immobile. He is extremely mobile. Mm. Now, his design, I will say, is is very awesome. I loved his design. And if he happens to kill you with his one-hit kill attack, it is very gory. And I found it, the first time he did it, pretty interesting. However, he kept finding ways to get me. Because of his extreme mobility... And the way that the stage is set up as well, there's an upper area and there's actually kind of a lower area that you can go into as well. And it's this it's this cat and mouse game. Because of his extreme mobility, you have to keep your camera on him so you can see where he's at. Look for that opportunity to deal damage to him. But at the same time, you have to avoid his tentacles. And he has this black, watery laser beam of death that he will spray acid, at you. Yeah, yeah. and... I know that there's a cue, a a noise that he makes, I believe, right before he launches this thing. But given the chaos of this moment, I tend to miss it more often than I than I hear it. So I'll be looking around for him and all of a sudden Leon just falls on his face and I take half damage all of a sudden. And by the time I get my bearings and figure out where I got hit from, Salazar's already moving around. So whilst it was a very challenging fight and a very fun fight for what it was, I started to get a little frustrated as we went to the point where I had to stop, take a break for a moment, come back, and eventually I was able to best him. So while I appreciated the redesign, I didn't have as much fun as I was hoping. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, after I actually beat him, a friend of mine came around because he was he, he he got it day one. He beasted it and completed it. And after I beat him, he said, "Oh yeah, do you have um, do you have that golden egg?" I went, "Yeah." I said, "Did you throw it at Salazar?" I went, "I beg your pardon." I said, "If you throw it at him, it takes half his health off." At which point, I won't repeat what I said, but it was something along the lines of "Shut the front door and get out of my house." Um, on a second playthrough, it does work. If you can hit him dead on, the minute he shows up, it takes half his health off. I would never have guessed that. That is incredible. <laughs> and that's all bosses as well, apparently. But he, he told me after I spent, I think, nine attempts at beating him. Yeah, Just pure panic and chaos, that boss battle. Yeah, it, it, it was fun for what it was. But now that I know the golden egg trick, I'm certainly going to put egg on Salazar's face the next time I see him. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, so favorite new boss then. So my favorite new boss. Oh, new iteration of a new boss. Yeah, my my, my favorite new iteration of a of, of a boss in the Resident Evil 4 remake was fighting Krauser the first time you come across <laughs> him. Now in in the original, those that have played remember the QTE, the quick time event mm-hmm. that you had to go through when you were fighting Krauser for the first time. You had no direct My hand's control. cramping up as you're saying this. My hand's oh. cramping up. Oh man, I'm getting all sorts of memories coming back at me. It was for the time, and I still stand by this today, I'm kind of okay with QTEs just in general. I, I don't mind them. But back in the day, that was arguably revolutionary, especially to young Nomad. I love the idea of pressing two buttons quickly to dodge his knife thrusts and to be able to see it come within inches of Leon's throat. Uh, my reflexes were his reflexes in the moment. Sure, that that was awesome. But I don't really think that holds up anymore today, or at least not as well, and it seems more like a chore than anything else. So I was curious how they were going to have that play out in the remake. And not only is the encounter not where I expected story-wise, which was very delightful to, to kind of have that thrown on me without being uh, cognizant of when it was going to happen, but the fight itself was actually a real-time battle. And more than that, all Leon had to use during that fight was his knife. And I really enjoyed the fact that even in the original, the knife play between Leon and Krauser had a, a weight to it, and, and there was a connection between the two of them when they fought. And now I got to connect with that as well as a player. It allowed me to use my parrying skills that hopefully I've been learning to master up to this point, and it really felt good to be able to parry his attacks and and thrust my knife into him land a hit every hit felt weighty it felt like i earned it but more than that i loved the interaction between leon and krauser while the fight was going on you knew there was a history between the two uh, a lot of it's explained in the game dark side chronicles i believe um mm. that or umbrella yeah. chronicles one of the two okay uh, so second one it's yeah, Dark Side Chronicles. You start off, your first mission is Leon and Krauser. Yeah. I've, I've got them both on the Wii, so... Yeah. Nice. Definitely. Uh, they call that level of, of Operation Javier, I believe. So if, if you've played that before, you kind of know what happens, but let's say you haven't. There's been a history between Krauser and Leon, and in the original game, it's never really expanded upon. 
But here in the remake, you get to kind of cess that out a little bit. And I love the moments of storytelling that happen during gameplay, that happen during battle. And Leon is stressed, and Krauser's stressed, and they're letting these emotions fly. And that fueled that experience in such a way that once that battle was over, I wanted to reload a past save and do it again. I had a lot of fun yeah. with it, and it was just a great, great new addition. Mm. I um I'll be honest, when I played it, I I didn't use parry at all. No knife skills, no nothing. So that was like chucking me in at the deep end of how to use knife fights, how to use knives in a fight. I had to learn on the fly against Krauser. It was not fun. Well it Whoa. was. It was a, a chaotic, panicky kind of fun. You know, I had to like pause, right, where's the controls? How do, tutorials, how do you do knife stuff? Okay, fair enough. And just learning as I went along, it's like throwing in the deep end. Oh, I will say one thing. I'm I'm kind of glad that they expanded that and they took out the the thing from a classic where you had to fight that giant monster in the cage as it was falling. Yes. To me, that's a nice compromise because I never liked that. <laughs> Coming from a guy who's played it on his uh, VR headset, playing that in first person was a bloody nightmare. I'll tell you that. Oh um, but I'm 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 kind of glad that that knife fight is in there. And you sort of control it yourself. And I will say this, you know, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it. F in chat for Luis, but he went down in style. Absolute style. Do went down swinging. Yeah, he went down swinging. Yeah, we didn't touch on him in the be- in the beginning when I was talking about how Capcom captured that lightning in a bottle, but Luis Serra is definitely part of that formula. Not only did they did they cess out his character even more and made him even more likable than the original, how they were able to pull that off is its, its own miracle, but <laughs> they made what happened to Luis feel very weighty and it felt like... I felt very invested in in his character up to that point, mm. and it actually made me genuinely sad when we had to part ways. And they gave him such an amazing send-off. Yeah, it was... I hated to leave him behind, but at the same time, they did that character fantastic justice. During the main story of Resident Evil 4 Remake, you can mention classic if you want, if you if you think of this. During Resident Evil 4 Remake, the main story, was there any parts that made you yell in surprise? I'm not talking scared you, but sort of like you were taken aback and like, ah! You know, was there anything in particular you can think of, or was it just like the whole story? So there were a couple moments in this game that made me yell in surprise. A couple non-story related moments, really quick to kind of throw out there. Um... The very first time that you fight the Garador enemy, this is the big blind enemy with the big metal claws. In the remake, how you're introduced to it made me almost crap my pants. Leon falls <laughs> Leon falls down into this dark pit. You've heard this monster yelling, so you know it's around. And in a cutscene, he turns around with his flashlight, and you realize that Leon is inches away from this creature's face. The detail, mm. you see his eyes sewn shut. You see his gnarled teeth and the blood dripping down. And then you realize this is the creature that can come at you based on the sounds you make, and then the game gives you back control. And I'm staring at this Mm. thing inches away, and it's like, what do I do? Do I press a button? Do I do nothing? And then I start slowly backing away and realize there's chains 
hanging from the ceiling. And the moment I bump one of those chains, the creature hears me, breaks its bonds and starts running after me. And I remember just, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. As I went into the next room to crouch down and make myself quiet again. That made me yell in surprise for sure. Friend of mine, he um, he was playing it, and his brother was got his phone out and was recording it. And he said, "I'm, it's sort of, you're playing this on hardcore, and you've just seen this. What are you going to do?" And he sort of sat there, and he, he he went, "You're not so tough." Walked right up to him, looked at him, and he's still sort of got like, bad breath and all, staring at him. He got his knife out, and he said, "Let's try something." Stab, ah! and it just dead instantly. It's like because ah! it's like you're not so tough. Stab, <laughs> not going to end well. But yeah, that was um. That was a good one. That was an annoying fight for me, but it was a good one. Yeah, it, it was definitely tough in the beginning, but I, I really appreciated that moment. It, it really really put things in perspective when it came to how they remade that game. Um, the second quick one, especially a, a new change that I, I liked, but also gave me the creepy crawlies, was the very first parasite that you come across one of the ones that kind of skitter across the ground and they'll grab one of your enemies and they'll in the original i believe they 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 took it over actually took its head off and tried to control it and it was still a a slow shambler if it will albeit dangerous but now in the remake when it's introduced leon's walking down a long hallway and and he sees a cult member at the end of the hall and one of these parasites comes and skitters across and jumps on top of him and i'm thinking oh okay i know what this enemy is i i get ready to go but what ends up happening is this enemy gets this unnatural burst of speed very supernatural look and it just starts running at me and while Resident Evil 4 has the best mechanic in that you can quick change your equipment with the press of the directional pad, I could not hammer my button fast enough to bring out my shotgun to put this thing down. I was mortified by how quick this thing was moving. I I yelped out loud. I almost dropped my controller just like when I dropped my controller in the original Resident Evil when that dog flew through the window. It took me by surprise that much. Yeah, those uh, those little skittering things. It's like the the reanimators from Dead Space and Face Huggers and Nightmare Fuel mixed up. It, stuff of nightmares is is putting it mildly, but that was definitely a moment that made me yell in surprise. But there was one story moment that made me yell in surprise in a way. Uh, so spoiler warning for those that didn't hear it in the beginning. I love that they reworked a lot of the scenes in general. And going back to Ashley Graham, I loved how they reworked her character as a whole. But what I really appreciated was how they made Las Plagas more dangerous, more ominous as a threat. And Leon and Ashley are both infected with Las Plagas very early on. And in the original, you kind of saw those effects. Sadler would take control of Ashley when he was right in front of her with no resistance or anything like that. But the moment that really grabbed me by surprise was when you're in the castle and you're with, you're with Ashley and all of a sudden she starts talking funny and she grabs Leon's knife and almost stabs him with it. And you can tell that when she's speaking, it's not her anymore. It's someone speaking through her. Her voice is very low and very menacing sounding. And you can see that she's being controlled by something. And as the player, we know it's the Plaga. We know it's Sadler speaking through her, but just that Mm -hmm. interaction, I never saw it coming. I, I, 
I was very taken aback by it. And that made me think from that moment on what really is going to happen with these characters now, because this threat, while we know it exists and it's almost comical in such a way, how these things burst out of the heads of your enemies and stuff like that. This really is an evil within, as it were, and it really has these ramifications that you can't see. And now they're being manifest in ways that I didn't see coming. Yeah, I, I, I yelped a little bit, not going to lie. <laughs> I had a, a similar reaction to I thought that was really cool when that happened. And then you find Ashley and Leon being Leon, he got her to laugh. You know, if you're going to stab me next time, give me some warning. You know, I, know, I, I love or whatever that, that line was. Yeah, yeah I, the, I love that the, moment. The one that really got me was you, you're going through, you've done the minecart section, you've got Ashley back, you're on the island, you've seen the massive chunks of ore where the Lost Blaggers came from, and then Sadler's there, and he takes control of Ashley, and she's aiming at Leon with the gun. And you can, you can see in her face, she's concentrating, she's trying her hardest, and she ends up taking out two of the people that's behind Leon, but it's like by inches. You know, he, she intends, she tries her best to not shoot him. She takes out two of the followers that Sadler brought with him. I, I, I just, I just thought I was sat there. I was actually on the edge of my seat and I thought it can't end like this. Not now. Don't do this. Don't do this to me. And then bang, bang. It's like, oh, as soon as I got control back, it was pause, breathe, just breathe. I could have ended badly. <laughs> Oh yeah, that that one had me on the edge of my seat as well. It, it it's just another example of this of this threat and how much more serious it is in this game. And I when I look back on that scenario actually, I I thought it was really interesting how they got Leon out of that scenario. Um, I'm not a firearms expert by any stretch, but I noticed that once Leon picked up his gun after they had left and Leon got control of himself again, there was a bullet stuck in the breech in his handgun. And I Mm. believe the way that Ashley was holding the gun and how much she was trembling practically caused that gun to jam, more or less saving his life, because she's trying to pull the trigger, but it just doesn't go. And just the fact that we could have lost our hero in that moment, but that one thing is what saved his life. That just kept adding more and more stake to this game, more so than the original, in my opinion. I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll use something that first came up in Metal Gear Solid Three. I am by no means a firearms expert, but it kind of reminds me of the first time you meet Ocelot in Metal Gear Solid Three, and you get that line from Snake, and he says, "You're you're tensing up your elbow to to um, to." to get rid of the recoil from the gun, that's not a pistol technique, that's more of a revolver technique, because when Ocelot shoots, it gets jammed, because he's trying to show off. He says, that's more of a revolver technique. If you kind of watch it, she, the, the the gun, she's not aiming straight, and obviously she's she's no firearms expert, so her elbows are bent, she's all over the place. So I kind of think it's sort of like a, a thing from that. You know, just the way she was holding it, and I don't think it was intentional, but it did save Leon's life. I will give you that. It's uh, again, no firearms expert. It's just little things I noticed, you know, and Metal Gear Solid three is, is, is nothing when it comes to realism. I don't think none of that series is. <laughs> no, I, 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 all the things I've learned from Metal Gear Solid are completely useless in the real world. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot kill a crocodile with a fork like I didn't eat it. It's just not possible, unless that fork's got, I don't know, missiles on it, you throw it from afar. 
If you could only play one version of Resident Evil 4 from now on, which one would it be? This is definitely a toughie, and I almost think that my answer would change depending on my mood. But if I had to make a decision, I would play the remake going forward. Now, I know someone listening to this in their car or, or on their walk is, is shaking their head at me right now, and I get it. It's a hard choice. But for, <laughs> but for me, I was impressed with what they improved upon, and that's really what it is for me with the remake, is they took the original Resident Evil, the game that I grew up with and put countless hours on, and they made it better in virtually every way. Now, there will always be a charm in the original, and I'll always appreciate it. And I still think the merchant in the original one is the best version. I love his voice. I love his interactions. Not to say the new merchant is bad or anything, but he'll always be my favorite. But the remake was so fun to play. I loved all the new additions. There's a lot more replayability, a lot more things that you can unlock. There's cosmetics. You can equip mm. Leon with cat ears if you can earn those. So there's all sorts of things that you can do with this game. But I really appreciated how, going back to the story, how they expanded upon it and how they made me care for these characters, not just again, but in a different way. And mm. of all the games that I've been playing, I've never been as excited to come home and put a game in my console and play it than I have the Resident Evil 4 remake, and I do not anticipate that feeling going away anytime soon. I am that enamored with it. <laughs> I've, uh, I've completed it that many times. I got it on PC. I completed it that many times. I'm starting to mod the hell out of it now. Um, nice. Just for a laugh. Not, not, the, not, the, not safe for work content. I'm talking like weird stuff. Like the um, like some bosses are as uh, a reskin, it's Shrek, you know, or you've got like Ashley in a in her original suit from Resident Evil Four, or you know Leon's dressed a certain way, that kind of thing. That's the kind of stuff I'm doing, just having a laugh. Or the guns are reskinned, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I will say one thing about the merchant: I do like the new merchant. He's got a lot more new lines that I like. One of them triggers me though, and the line is, he goes, oh. Time hasn't been kind to us, has it, stranger? I thought that hit me right in the ibuprofen. Oh. Oh. Uh, I just, uh, no. That did the same for me. And I felt like he was speaking to me as a player, yeah. not Leon, because that merchant knew damn well that I have played this game way back in the early 2000s, and I'm not a spry yep. chicken anymore. So I felt, <laughs> I felt personally attacked. And the thing that I was thinking about buying from him, I didn't. I waited until next time until I cooled <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> Here not lying gave me a bad back. Yeah. <laughs> My friend, Nomad, thank you for being here. It's been amazing. It's been fun. Um, but for the listener's benefit, please tell us where we can find you again. So you can find me via my podcast called The Retro Wildlands. You can find me on most major podcasting services, Spotify, iTunes, Pocket Cast, things like that. Uh, I just recently set up a link tree. 
I don't know if that's a new thing or if I'm late to the party, but you can find me at link. That's linktr.ee slash retro wildlands. That'll take you to the website for the podcast, all of my socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that kind of thing. So come check me out, hang out. I love interacting with people, talking about video games and stuff in general. And yeah, I am always in the retro wildlands and I am looking forward to seeing you there, my friends. And just remember, if you want to take Nomad out of the retro wildlands, you need ear scratches, cheese, and ham. You have a better chance of success. Yes. Our expedition is led by the canine variety, and he succumbs to the very basic of needs, so just come properly equipped. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, as we wrap up, I will go through the normal spiel. I'm leaving this in as well. Um, you have been listening to an episode of Waffling Taylor's Light with Nomad as our guest. Um, if you want to follow us, um, all the info you need will be in the, the show notes and the description below. We um, Anything that you will ever need to find out about us is on wafflingtailors.rocks. It has information about all our socials on there, Twitter, Facebook, um, Twitch. We have a Discord. You want to come yell at me and tell me why Resident Evil Classic was better than Resident Evil Remake? Come to the Discord and yell at me. Um but by all means, you know, do that. We have multiple multitude of different episodes. There is a section, I'll say this for Jay's benefit, there's a section on the website he's very proud of. It's what games we've played. There's over 1,600 there. You can click on the game and it'll take you to the episode associated with it. So with that being said, people, stay safe, stay awesome, squidge out, catch you later.